podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you to channel, please consider subscribing, hitting that bell icon so you may have any time we put new content on. Videos going up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day, particularly if you've just got that extra point you needed to mathematically stay up and I'm in a good mood. So I might put two or three up. So make sure you hit that bell icon so you don't miss any um, any content we've got coming up. Loads of great guests. And I mean, tonight it's like a reunion. Uh, it's taken a pandemic to get us back together. It's uh, <laughs> a partner in crime. It's Jerry Nicholas. Hi, Jess. How you doing, man? Hello, Russ. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Obviously, um, yeah, surviving, aren't we all? I mean, obviously, you know, it's not easy for you. Lots of speaking gigs and stuff probably got cancelled and stuff and uh, having to mm. diversify stuff as well. I, I've seen all your, all your Zoom, you know, your, your Zoom sort of uh, shows as well. That's going all right, though, isn't it? You've done quite a few of them now. Yeah, so I have a show on YouTube called The After Dinner Show, and uh, people come on and tell true stories uh, after they've had their dinner. That's why it's called The After Dinner Show. And uh, yeah, because I've got loads of mates that are speakers, and none of us have got any gigs at the moment because there aren't any dinners, there aren't any conferences, there's no live events. So we just mess about on Zoom, really. Um, yeah, and people like it. Yeah. And it's it, 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 yeah, and it's nice because it's every Wednesday as well. Every Wednesday, isn't it? I think it was, wasn't it? It's every Wednesday, yeah. Every Wednesday yeah. at eight. Fantastic. We'll make sure everyone else is kidding. Obviously, that's going to be going for the for the, for the future because we don't know when the bugger anyone's going to be back to do anything, really. Are we, no. Well, I'm going to have August off just because I don't want to be stuck indoors on Wednesday nights in, in August. So usually I go to the Edinburgh Fringe in August. That's yes. usually my thing. And I'll, I'll yeah. either go just to watch shows or the last two years I've been yeah. taking a one-man show there with all my funny broadcasting stories. Um, but this year I'm not going. And uh, because nobody is, because it's called <laughs> off. It's all, it's just rubbish. So I thought, well, I'll just walk around London. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. We've had to cancel our holidays, and me and me and Joe have, have had to bookend our summer holidays. And so we, you know, we don't spend, we're not spending any time together in, over the you know summer holiday type period. So it's all a bit of a bugger, really. But um, there's nothing we can do about it, is there, really? So uh, that's why we cover this channel. So let's keep yourself entertained because. Until the last sort of four or five weeks, we've had no football. And then we've had this plethora. And then after Sunday, that's it. Back to no football again. <laughs> it's just like a mad rush of games and now nothing after Sunday. But, uh, yes, it is, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, at least we'll be in the Premier League next year. Um, so that's not too bad. And we can hopefully relegate uh, Aston Villa. We've obviously done Norwich. Uh, we, you know, Nigel Pearson got sack after playing, playing us. And... Um, you know, we've, we've buggered Man United's Champions League, potentially, and uh, maybe relegate Villa. So, you know, we're sort of the bulldozers of the Premier League at the moment. Well, that's, that's what fun. I thought. Yeah, we put Norwich down and then we I think we probably put Watford down as well. Now that yeah. It's gone and uh, we'll probably put Villa down. And I should think, you know, we Bournemouth, I think, will be the ones that survive. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, who knows? But for you know, at least at least now we're safe. The only decision that you have to make now, really, that's you know, the only worry is: do I watch it with the the fake crowd or without the fake? crowd? Are you a fake I'm crowd person or a not fake no. crowd person? No. no, I don't like fake crowds. Yeah. So um, no, I I watch it with because I like to hear all the shouting from the touchline and all the swearing and all stuff like that. And and it reminds me of when I used to go and watch West Ham reserves play at Upton Park, and I'd yeah. always try and sit next to Trevor Brookie and go, "Hello, Trevor," and then just sort of chat to him all during the game, and it would be just like a childhood dream because I was watching West Ham play, but with Trevor Brookie. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you could, you know, you hear all of the noises, you know. So I can't stand the, you know, it, 
it's it's just like a FIFA game, isn't it? If they if they put the yeah. fake crowds on, especially well, when they when they go oh, and then he realised that it's missed, and they go oh, <laughs> like the editor pressed the wrong button. Or it's been like yeah. yeah, a really really close cut, you know, close shot, and it's like I oh, go no, it's not a goal. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It is, but it is weird. I mean, it's weird being there, obviously. And you're right. It's I mean, obviously, you know, the reserved under twenty three games at the state on the stadium as well, and it's like it's you're right. It's this. It's a strange atmosphere, but yeah, I don't get to sit next to Trevor. So Trevor, unfortunately, it's not the that. Good thing about, the good thing about the fake crowd, though, to be fair to them, because when when we started after lockdown, we were we weren't really very good, and no. uh, the fake crowd didn't ever get on our backs. They stayed no. with us right. <laughs> There's no boot. The real crowd, by now, they'd have been shouting for the players, but um, yeah. yeah, the fake crowds you... are they're more loyal in a way. Yeah, exactly. I think you know, I think we should uh, hopefully, you know, a few, few thousand season ticket holders next year. Um, but I mean, it was the Norwich game that they when we were playing the Norwich game? I swear, at half time they put on the boo um, on the FIFA, the home yeah. crowd. So that it turned the virtual the virtual crowd turned on them because they were three 0 down yeah, to West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, you know, everyone knows. Um, obviously. You were you announced it for many years. You know, as I said, we were partners in crime. But um, and that question I don't think I ever asked you, Jim, was why West Ham? Why is West Ham your club? Because I never knew that. I just yeah, I just knew you as as the West Ham announcer. But I don't know why you started supporting them. Everyone has a slightly different story. What's your story? So I grew up in Woodford Green, and just about everyone in my school supported West Ham. So oh, I right, did. Okay. That's it. Good night. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not uh, an indigenous Londoner. I was born in Cambridgeshire and we moved yeah. to, uh, when I was six, we moved to Woodford Green. My dad was manager of Boots the Chemist on Barkingside High Street. And so, yeah. And I remember when we arrived in London, he said, right, you've got to pick which team you want to support. And he got this map out and he said, right, this is this is Tottenham. This is Chelsea. This is West Ham. Which one do you want? He never mentioned Arsenal because he didn't like them. Um <laughs> And I just looked at it and I went, well, West Ham looks like it's the nearest. And then when I went my first day at school, I asked everyone who they supported. And they pretty much all supported. I would say it's about two thirds West Ham, one third Tottenham at our school. Yeah. And so I, I went West Ham. That was it. And then that was it. Do you remember your first ever game, Jim, at West Ham? Yeah, it was a midweek game against Liverpool. Yeah, But I, I don't know who played in it. I don't even know what the score was. I just remember yeah. going to it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Because Dad was a, uh, a shop manager, pharmacist, we could, he couldn't take me on Saturday. So the first game I went to was midweek. Oh, brilliant! The old, the old famous lights. Um, I remember uh, sitting on sitting on a, on a, I want to say crash barrier. What they're not called crash barriers. What they called on the terraces? Those. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Know. I was the terraces, Jess. You don't know about terraces, do you? No, I don't remember them. No. The bar that you would lean on, I can't remember. What it's I know what you anyway, mean. I, remember, I know what you mean. Yeah, I remember sitting on it because I was quite short. Yeah, so I, was, yeah. I still am. Yeah, nothing changed. Me too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you know, and then, and and you know, then you'll see the broadcast career took off and stuff like that. And obviously, then West Ham, um, West Ham came calling. Um, now, I remember reading your story about you becoming West Ham announcer, and it was by chance for those. It was sort of by chance, wasn't it? I mean, you you didn't really apply for the job. Like it was sort of given to you, wasn't it? You've asked whether you wanted to, to be the announcer. Well, I used to talk about West Ham a lot when I used to present the breakfast show on GLR, Great yeah. London Radio, which is now BBC London. Uh, I used to talk about them all the time, and um, if they'd lost, I'd be in a grumpy mood, and people would, you know, ring in and say, "He sounds a bit fed up. Is it because of West Ham?" And then uh, they put in a new sound system, 
uh, Upton Park and uh, they thought that they would get a proper broadcaster because I think the previous yeah. guy that did it was a travel agent and uh, so uh, and he, he he wanted to go so they thought well, we'll get a broadcaster in and Paul Aldridge called me and who was the managing director and he said do you want to be the announcer and I said no not really and he said why not because I, I like to shout at the players yeah you know if they're not playing very well i like to be able to shout at them and you know i didn't imagine that would be part of the job you know once you've got your microphone you're not allowed to shout hey get on with it what are you doing so i said no and then he said well will you think about it and i said yeah i'll think about it and yeah. i gave him a, some advice on what i didn't like that previous announcers had done because i'd often sat there and thought oh, what are you doing that for why are you playing mm. that music oh don't do that that's going to set the wrong tone you know, you know, I'm quite critical about things. So I gave him, th said, look, this is what I would do if I did it, but I don't want to do it. And then yeah. he rang me up about three days later and said, well, have you changed your mind? And I said, yeah, okay. And it was basically because I had a dream that Rio Ferdinand was going to, who was in the France 98 World Cup squad, that he was going to um, score the winning goal in the cup final. World Cup, and we, he was going to be introduced onto the pitch like more Hurston Peters had been yeah. done at the start of the 66 67 season. And uh, so I said, Yeah, I thought I'll do that. And then, of course, Rio didn't even play, didn't even get off the bench. So, no. And then you had the fun of having to introduce David Beckham at his first game back. David Beckham, yeah. Yeah, With exactly. Night, With all, the, all the effigies on outside Upson Park, I remember. Um, yeah, it was all. Yeah. It was all two meetings with the police about you're not going to say anything over the PA that's going to upset anyone. I no, I won't. And then they had another one. I went, "What's this one?" But we're just going to check. I went, well, in the first one, I said I wouldn't. And you know, so why why would I do that? Well, what do you think of David? He's an idiot. Yeah, but I'm not going to say that over the mic, right? You know, I'm I'm going to think he's an idiot, but I'm not going to say it. And then I knew that when I had to read out that first team sheet, yeah, that when I said number seven, David Beckham, everyone would boo me, and I thought that might put me off on my on my debut. Yeah. Uh, but I got through it because I, I practiced it when you first get the teams, which is just after two o'clock, you get the teams. And I practiced it that and and a few people booed me and they all smiled, you know. Um, and then um, I knew that my dad would be up in the stands booing me. So I thought it's fine. Yeah, exactly. If your dad's going to boo, you might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, yeah. since then, that, that was a, that was a, that was a long, long time ago. Um, and obviously, you know, many years doing doing the mic. Um any which stick out? Any games or moments for you which stick out? Uh, yes, yeah, so I did sixteen seasons of it. Mm. Um, there was there was one game we played Watford, and a guy in, in a Watford blazer came into my little booth just about an hour before the game, and I knew he was a Watford official because he had the official blazer yeah. on, and he pointed at the team sheet and said, uh, "That for Watford is pronounced Micah Hyde." It's Micah Hyde, not Mika. And I went, oh, thanks very much, mate. I'm Jeremy, by the way. And he went, yeah, I'm Micah Hyde. <laughs> Jim, himself, he'd come in because he got so fed up of people calling him Mika Hyde that his job... And he was actually uh, born right near Upton Park. So he probably thought, you know, a lot of his family would probably have been there and he wanted to make sure they got his name right. So. Of course. Oh, how funny. So you um, always remember that one. Um, there was the Manny Omoyinmi game. Do you remember the il oh, ineligible yeah. player? Yes, and no one knew how to say Manny Omoy in me, and I practiced it over and over again, and then I couldn't say it after that. But, <laughs> um, incredible! What an idiot! He, he he'd been on loan to Gillingham or somewhere, and he didn't think to mention that he played for them in an earlier round of the cup. Yeah, and nobody in the club had had worked that out. 
and mm. it was a cracking cup tie that we won and then uh, yeah got done for mm-hmm. having this ineligible player exactly yes funny enough um, i'm finding it harder to say ineligible than manny on my in me well there we go there we are. <laughs> if only he could have what said could... that if, if only he could have said that word we wouldn't have had a problem we probably won because we were doing we playing well that that season in the cup game um that was yeah. we lost the, the, the other one that i struggled with that a lot of people struggled with was jeremy aliadier yeah. I remember when he first arrived, and I kept asking, "How do I say his name?" It's uh, it's Adi Adi. I don't know. You're, good luck, mate. <laughs> and so I asked him, and he was. Do you remember Jeremy Elliott? Yeah, he yeah, from Arsenal, came from Arsenal, yeah. didn't he? He came yeah. from Arsenal. You thought he might be quite good. He played for us because he'd been at Arsenal, but he wasn't. He was rubbish. Yeah. And and he was French. And um, so I said to him, "How do you say your name?" He said, "It's Jeremy Elliott." And you yeah, know when you think so you quick. can speak French, but French people speak so quickly that I don't quite, I don't quite know what you said. What did you say? It's Jeremy Lidia. All right, okay. So I came up with this little thing that I would do, which is he's here, he's there, he's Aliadier. You know, like the famous song with the swearing. And he's here, he's there, he's Aliadier. And then when he actually came on, because I'd got that in my head, I didn't say his name. I said coming on for West Ham, he's here, he's there, he's Aliadier. <laughs> and, and everyone went, hey, hey. I that's good. I've got like a little catchphrase there now that that'll get picked up by Sky in their third yeah. eye feature or something. You know, maybe Gary Lineker will mention it, but uh, nobody noticed. And he was rubbish. And I, I think he went on loan to Wolves or somewhere something almost like immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the most? Is that the most uh, complicated name you've had to announce, Jim? Um. Well, no, because for for uh, eleven consecutive games, I was the announcer on the FIFA video games oh, yeah, from yeah, FIFA yeah, 06 yeah. up to FIFA 16. And I remember going into a studio in Wardour Street, and I had to record all of the Croatian leagues, and then immediately after that, the Israeli leagues. Well, that's a minefield because there's no one to advise <laughs> you. But basically, if you ever do get asked to do that, Russ, this is the way I did it. If it's Croatian, then it would be Berkovic. If it's Israeli, it'd be Berkovitz. Oh. Right? Even though we called him Al Berkovitz. It, it, yeah, you know, exactly. We used to call him Berkovitz. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's. And then I remember doing some of the Polish leagues, and I thought, well, there's not enough vowels in here. You know, they, yeah. they, 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 yeah. it just looked like they'd use shorthand. No, no, that's the whole name. So, yeah, I think that was one of the trickiest names to do, really. Speaking of players. Sorry, just one one name that's quite easy to do, Frank Lampard, quite easy to do. But I always used to call him Frank Lampard Jr. um, because I knew his dad, you know, know, I grew up watching his dad. And then I remember when he sort of established himself in the first team, I got a message that came uh, from Harry to say uh, Frank wants to just be called Frank Lampard from now on. I thought, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. But then when he went to Chelsea and he came back for his first game, I called him Frank Lampard Jr. again, just for the hell of it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's not disrespectful. That's banter. No. He would have enjoyed that. Yeah, he would have enjoyed it's Bance. Yeah, it's Bance, isn't it? That's what they call it. But yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. no, I think it's fair I'll enough. Tell you you know. I'll tell you why I did it. Because just before the game, I went to shake hands, say hello, Frank, how are you? And he said, hello, Doc. He thought I was the doctor. I thought you don't even know who I am. Don't remember who I, I am. The doctor. I didn't even look like the doctor. How you I doing, remember the doctors at the time. We had a real thin one, Sean, and then a real big one. Yeah. And I was neither of them. <laughs> and you're just the doctor. That's it. All right, Frank Jr. How are you? Yeah. That's it. I thought, you're right, you've gone too far. You've, you've muddled me up with a doctor. I'm going to call you Frank <laughs> Lampard Jr. And you're lucky it's not Frank Lampard Toddler, to be quite honest. <laughs> but no, he was a brilliant player. And what makes me laugh about Frank Lampard is, you know, 
West Ham fans used to say to me, he only gets in the team because he's uh, dad's the assistant manager and his uncle's the manager. And he went on to be a midfielder who was the all-time record goalscorer for Chelsea and was phenomenal for England. And still West Ham fans used to think, oh, yeah, and he gets in the team because his uncle's the manager. Yeah. He was brilliant. He was. It was, and it's weird, isn't it? It's like for some players, they they leave. And we we know more. You know, a player leaves a club, and he becomes a Judas. Another player leaves a club, and he becomes still. You know, comes back revered. You know, like obviously Frank and Rio. You know, they both went to other clubs, and Rio would come back with open arms, and everyone would just call you know Frank fat. And it's like you know from, and it's yeah. like the people calling him fat were like you know my size, you know massive guys. Yeah. And uh, no, it's it's weird, isn't it? How some players can like Scott Parker. You know, Scott. Parker was revered, and as soon as he left, mm. ah, I don't like the man. Well, he single-handedly kept us up for a couple of seasons, you know. And I know, but he did go to Tottenham, though, didn't he? So he did, exactly. Know. So we hate him. Yeah. So we hate him, and he's he's not a legend, but someone who plays six games for us and keeps us up is yeah. a legend. You know, it's, it gets well. He'll be a leg- he'll be a legend again when he comes back as a manager. Yeah. Would he? Mm, yeah. He. I mean, he's not. They're not. They're not. Do they get in the playoffs? Because obviously, I did. That was it. The last block. Did they lose the last spot as well? Because it was all crazy yesterday, wasn't it, in the championship? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Swansea gold scored. They went up with. They got to the mm. is the playoffs, and uh, still Slav will be back. Slav and Julian. So that'd be fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, I thought he, he was rather harshly treated. I thought just thinking about what I was saying about Frank Lampard and how brilliant he is. He's, he's I still haven't put him in my team. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> no, but I did, I've, put, I've put his dad that's in. I've put his dad oh, in. Well, oh, there we go. Okay. Well, speaking of this team, let's get through this yeah. team. So as I said, um, the only really caveat is you have to be alive to a scene and play, but it's your team, Gemma. You can talk about whoever you want, whatever context, if there's a theme, okay. whatever. It's an open brief. So I'm going to leave the floor open to you, Jim, to just we start with in goal, but it's up to you who you go on afterwards. That makes sense. Right. Okay. Well, initially, I put Stephen Bywater and then I crossed him out and put Phil Parks. <laughs> oh, okay. It's cl- a close second. <laughs> it's a close second. Yeah. Because I. I really like Stephen Bywater, and there, I just remember one time I was—he uh, was doing some uh, reserve game or something—and he he booted the ball out because a player was injured, but he booted it into the disabled enclosure, and it, it sort of landed between the wheelchairs. And uh, Les Seeley came over, who was the goalkeeping coach, and just bellowed at him, "Never ever kick it into the disabled area." <laughs> so he nearly got him because of that. But I've gone Phil Parks because he was the goalie when. So Mervyn Day was the sort of first goalie I was really aware yeah. of as a kid. Uh, but Phil Parks, just because massive hands. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, I've always wanted to be able to pick a football up like that and hold it that way. But I've got tiny little yeah. inbred East Anglian I've got, I've, hands. I've got a little sausage hand. Mine are really it's horrible. I can never play yeah. the piano. So well, I, went, I had piano lessons when I was 10. And the yeah. teacher said, bring him back when his hands get bigger. And they never did. They're tiny still waiting um so yeah phil parks just because of his ability to hold a football like like that which probably all goalkeepers can do to be fair but he's just he was here something sort of math and he, obviously you know he was uh you know doing all the did all the um after dinner and the all the uh lounges as well during during your time there so lovely guy yeah. lovely guy as well we'll have him on he'll be on soon i, I interviewed yeah. his um his daughter interviewed marie yes and today actually um and uh yeah she was lovely and uh yeah we get phil on soon he's 70 soon phil is Parks. he really did, yeah did phil, did phil get into her team no she didn't put her dad in the team she didn't put her dad in the team no Crikey. it was good it was it was it was a good it was a good episode she's good fun it'd, it'd really good really fun. good one like robert green or somebody then well it was it was a toss-up between neil finn 
and um, Roberto. So, you know, just flip a coin okay. about them too. But uh, yeah, have to wait and see. Yeah, no, no spoilers. Um, okay, easy. Okay, Parks is in goal. I'll let you carry on, Jim. You go through the team right, as okay. you want to, man. So with Phil, pa- well, Phil Park, you know how they were saying there's only one Phil Parks, but there was two Phil Parks, wasn't there? Because when I started watching... Uh, when when he joined us from QPR, there was another goal he played played for Wolves. who was also called Phil Parks, nice. and I remember our Phil Parks got called up to the England team. And I remember reading the paper that they thought maybe they called up the wrong one by mistake. Anyway, sounds um, like Mike. Very, that sounds like very Mike Bassett, doesn't it? Like you know, the back of a fag Benson and Hedges and like that. But, uh, yeah, the wrong Phil yeah. Parks by mistake. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's like the two two Gary Stevens, wasn't it? The two Gary Stevens. Yeah. But yeah, there were two full parts, but we had we had the better of the two, having seen both of them in action. He was, yes. he was yeah. Good. So that's that. So I've got him now. Uh, at left back, I've got Frank Lampard, the proper one, senior. Yep. Um, just because obviously he's dancing around the flag at Elland Road in the semi-final um, was a marvelous moment. But also because he's the only uh, West Ham man ever to have taught me to play football, because I used to go to Barkingside Sports Centre. And we had uh, a guy called Les Allen that used to teach us, who's one of the Allen family, you know, the Clive, Bradley, Martin Allen family. And he was, Les Allen was an old Spurs player. And then one week um, when we got there, the teacher said, Les Allen's not here. So we've got uh, someone you might recognise. And it was Frank Lampard, who was in the West Ham team at the time. And he coached us. And he took his um, training shoes off and just did it in his socks. And I thought this was, you know, he was obviously worried about hurting us because he had quite a biting challenge. But actually it meant that on the very shiny floor, he would come in with sliding challenges on the kids in his socks. That's how hard Frank Taking out these eight-year-olds. Brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he he gets in because he's the only one that's taught me. Yeah. So I've got him. uh, So I've got him at left back. Yeah. And now you think, now now you see, now you've done that, Jeremy. Now, where's Julian Dix going to go? Because obviously Julian Dix has got to be in the team. So Julian Dix is at right back because he's such a good player. He can play either. Because I look, I think historically we've had some brilliant left backs. I mean, Stuart Pearce, I'm a big fan of Stuart Pearce, but they're all left backs. And I couldn't really think of a right back that I would want. So I've put in Julian Dix as a, a left footed right back. And Julian, I just think, was brilliant. So I used to have a season ticket in the West Stand, so he'd be right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And all you'd ever read about in the papers was about how hard he was. But actually, he was one of the most skillful players on the pitch. You know, he, he, he was as skillful as any of the midfield players that would set things up. Uh, but he had this ferocious shot. And they always said that he'd have got in the England team more if he'd if he had more hair, because he had that shaven haircut and there was that story saying yeah you, if you looked a bit more respectable you get in but just a brilliant player and I remember yeah. I did his testimonial uh, I was the announcer at that and he rang me the next day to thank me and I thought yeah that's a measure of the man you know some some West Ham players just come and take the money and some are like proper West Ham and you know through and even though he was a brummy really wasn't he but he yeah. he felt like one of us so yeah yeah adopted adopted Cotney. I thought it was a shame when uh, him and Slav went and uh, now they're coming back with West Brom you know, hopefully you'll get a good reception. He'll always get yeah. a good reception. Oh, of course. Both of them will. Yeah. He's not going to be that happy with me, though, because I've put him at right back. But, you know, I think, Frank, because it's what you start, you know, the, the the really special players are the ones that you grew up with. And Frank Lampard I grew up with and Julian, you know, I was I was a grown man by the time I knew of Julian Dix. <laughs> so he's in. Um, then, so uh, I've gone for a back four, obviously Bobby Moore. 
you know, I, I can't imagine you've done many of these 11s without Bobby Moore, have you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a generational thing, really. So, um, you've got, you know, I mean, I never saw Bobby Moore, so he wasn't in my 11 because I never saw him. What? Yeah, well, I never saw. No, I never saw him. So it's like you know, I, I've. I mean, you've seen the. Yeah, exactly. I've seen. I've seen the legends. I've seen the legends, but I've never seen him. You know, it's like you know, for me, it's like my my reference point. And a lot of people's reference points in sort of the the less. It, I'm not. Then I don't say they're older fans, but experienced and unexperienced, less experienced fans, less experienced fans. Their reference point is more about. Winston Reeds and people like that. So it's it's a generational thing, Gemma, I think. But yeah, Bobby Moore, yeah. I mean he, I mean he's the greatest player to play for West Ham. We know that. Um and uh but it's a it's and it's it's a it's a subjective thing, isn't it? Everyone has their but uh yeah, yeah, Bobby was Bobby was a great player, wasn't he? He was and a lovely man. Yeah. Yeah, I think you realise in a few years' time you'll realise you've made a massive mistake not putting him in. It, he must have. He must be a legend. Otherwise, why? Why would Alan Pardew have had a whole product range made with more than just a club? You know, because Pards knew a good player, didn't he? When he saw one, he, he would. He would never leave out world class players just for dodgy midfielders that he was no. mates with. So, yeah, Bobby Moore obviously is in um, for not just because he was so elegant and so classy and just professional and you know even though he liked to drink win or lose on the booze and then come in on the sunday and train on his own and get rid of it all of that um but also when when i was i don't know how old i was about 12 or something i, I went to see the towering inferno at the gants hill odeon and uh, i was very excited about going to see this film about a, a skyscraper catching fire that I trod on the toe of the man behind. And when I turned around, it was Bobby Moore. And he was just standing behind me in the queue. And they probably would have let him in for free at the Gansell Odeon because oh, he's got a World Cup winner's medal. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but in my family, that story sometimes gets told that it was my sister that trod on his toe. But I don't think it was. It's my sister knew Bobby Moore because she used to go to dance classes with Roberta Moore, Bobby's daughter, Mrs. Brill's Dance Academy. And, um, so she always used to say she knew Bobby Moore. I'd never seen him in real life. So I think it was me that trod on his toe, but yeah. she says it was uh, her. But I don't know. Anyway, he's in. And also because of just cleaning the mud off his hands so that he didn't mess up the Queen's lovely white velvet gloves in 66, when he's walking up to get the Jules Rimet trophy, we'd all be thinking, yeah. And he's like, oh, better not dirty the Queen's hands because he was such a perfectionist. Very true. So fantastic. And that's why I've done, I've done lots of different events for the Bobby Moore Foundation over the years. Yeah. Probably more fun. Yep. Um, yeah. So him, and obviously alongside him, you know, again, I'm sure it must be in everyone's team, Alvin Martin, because when I was a student, I had a goldfish called Alvin Martin, well, there we uh, go. and and he died, and then I got uh, many many years later, I was on Talk Sport. The goldfish died, not the real Alvin. Oh, He's fine. And then I, I, I started doing a show on Talk Sport, and one day, um, someone made me a cup of tea and brought it in. It was Alvin Martin. I said, oh, I used to have a goldfish named after you. So, yeah, happy days. So he's him. <laughs> oh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, right. So who else do you want in the team? You, so I think it's, I think that's a back four, really, isn't it? Yeah, we've got back four and parks, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the person who could have played right back was Billy Bonds because he started as a right back. That first yeah. three seasons, he was a right back. And then Ron Greenwood said, you're a bit good for that. Let's put you in midfield as kind of a holding midfield player so billy bonds goes in um 
he's I've got a big signed photo of Billy in my office. Um and just legend just because he played so many games for us and I think he got a bit shoddily treated, didn't he, by Harry. Um, but yeah, just a brilliant player. When I used to play football in the park as a kid, I used to roll my socks down and say, I'm Billy Bonds. Because that's, I, you know, you didn't, I didn't know much about football, apart from what I read in the papers and I would see on the big match, you know, and yeah. so the big match was on a Sunday and they'd have three games and with all the London teams to go out, it'd only be West Ham like one week in three or something. And you'd only see little highlights bits. So all I knew really was that Bobby Moore was brilliant and Billy Bonds rolled his socks down. Um, so he's in my team. Um, and then uh, we need a bit more flair. So yes. I've gone for Joe Cole. Oh, Joey. So I just thought Joe was brilliant. And I, when he was 17, on his 17th birthday, uh, he signed on the pitch for West Ham. And we'd been hearing for ages about this 16 year old kid that was just setting the youth team alight and then suddenly on his 17th birthday it was the day of a game and he signed on the pitch and i said over the pa system you'll be able everyone here today you'll be able to tell your grandchildren you were there the day joe cole signed for west ham and all the papers the next day slaughtered the announcer or the tannoy man as they always used to say it wasn't a tannoy tannoy's a make it's like saying hoover no it's not a hoover it's a dyson i wasn't a tannoy man i was the public address announcer and I and it was like, oh, he put pressure on the young lad. He'll never be able to cope with that. And I thought, what a load of nonsense. He's a professional he's footballer. 12. And he's Joe Cole. You have, Anyone that thinks that hasn't seen. Of course he was brilliant because he just had skill coming out of him all over the place. Yeah. So, But the papers had something to say about the yeah, tackle man. Yeah. So Joe Cole's in and I thought he was brilliant. And there was, you know, he had some fantastic games for England. And he just, I wish he'd stayed with us a bit longer and, and really looked up to his potential. But unfortunately, yeah. we... Had a bit of relegation problems, didn't we? So we did. We did. That did happen quite a bit. So we've got mm. Joe in. Um, and then staying with the flair, Harry Redknapp, tricky winger. Yep. Oh, nice. Um, because he was my first manager that when I started in '98, Harry was the manager, and I just thought he was brilliant. He was he was the friendliest. When it was my last day on BBC Great London Radio on the afternoon show, when I left to go off and do Five Live and then Talk Sport. He, uh, they said, who would you like as a guest? And I said, Harry Redknapp. And they got him on and he came on just just because he's a nice bloke. Such a nice guy, Lee. Yeah. So loads of great stories uh, about Harry. But he often, if he wanted me to do something, some, sometimes he'd, he'd um, not want the atmosphere to be too, when I was the announcer, not want the atmosphere to be too big in the stadium because he didn't want to put the pressure on the players. And so he would send Frank Lampard Sr. over to say, yeah, Harry says, don't build it up too much today. OK, you know, compare and contrast with Alan Pardew, who would <laughs> play I'm for Blind Bubbles twice and really loud. Oh, that's a brilliant idea, Pards. I never would have thought of doing that. <laughs> well done, mate. Um, yeah, so Harry, Harry gets in. Um, yeah. And then who else are we going to have? Uh, so Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Obviously, uh, I think... He's probably the most skillful player that I've seen uh, on the pitch, you know, in, in the mod. Maybe Dimitri Payet, but, you know, I don't want to really mention him. Uh, you know, forgive and forget Faulty. Well, no. No. <laughs> I don't. Um, so, Paolo, yeah, just, just a brilliant. I mean, a bit of a nutter. Yes. But yeah. I just remember that game against Bradford when we won 5 4, but we were losing 4 2. And. And he just sat down and did this to 
Harry, I'm coming off. I've had enough. You know, it, there was nothing wrong with him. He was like making out. He couldn't. I can't. I can't go on. And then, of course, he was absolutely brilliant. Then there was the penalty. We had a penalty, and um, he, he grabbed the ball off Frank Lampard. No, I'm taking. I'm taking it. You know. And yeah. oh, God, if you missed this now, mate. But yeah, and just the volley against Wimbledon, and just you know everything that Paolo's ever done. You know. Yeah. No, I know you mean it. Yeah. He's, he was. He, it was a. It was a. It was part, as you said, part of that red nap era, which was just like a soap opera, wasn't it? Really, you had like you didn't know what was going to happen. Um, you had like you know the, the young whippersnappers coming through the academy. You had Paolo. You had random foreigners turning up, like Paolo Futre, and you know God knows who. And it was every and every game was something. A little bit of that Bradford City game was in every game during the red nap era. You know, obviously that that. that you know, when if you turned up on a Saturday or you, you know, you're just about to announce a game on Saturday, you're playing Bradford City, you're thinking, oh. but we've got, we've, mm. we had a game which we still talk about over 20 years later now. It's mental when you think mm. about it, but uh, yeah. And he was just, it came out as a DVD. You knew the yeah. club rated the game if it came out as a DVD on its own. Like <laughs> now they won't, they won't even do end of season DVDs now, but then just one game got its own DVD and it was, I don't think it was particularly anything on the line in that game, was it? It's just that no. there were nine goals and it was and so many talking points. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, but we know that they 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 love to squeeze the juice when they can. But uh, yeah, that, that was, a, that was a, a special game. That was definitely I remember that. And that featured your friend Stephen Bywater as well, you know, because obviously Shaka Shaka broke his leg, didn't he? That game, I think, and Stephen came on and he came was, on. Yeah, was rubbish. <laughs> oh, he let in four. I don't know if he was rubbish. I think I think let in four. I think one of them definitely was a mistake. Yeah, and the others. Yeah, and then there brilliant. was um, Jamie Lawrence. Was it was it Jamie Lawrence or with the red head? He had dyed red head, uh, red hair um, for Bradford. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him very. Yeah, he shaved it, dyed red. That's all I have the vision of the Bradford players was him because he had this bright red hair and uh, yeah, random, random game. But as you said, one we we still talk about, which is yeah. really funny and a bad choice of, of head color. Really, red. Yeah. Bear in mind Bradford's kit. Um, mm, you know, it just wouldn't crushed. go with red, would it? No. It wouldn't. Wouldn't work at all. He should have just gone for a brown or yellow, you know. But yeah, yeah. you're right. Red and then, um, and then we've got Sir Jeff Hurst. Yep, um, you'll have heard of him, Russ. He scored a hat trick uh, for England when we won the World Cup. Yep, yep, yeah, I yep, I, yep, yeah, that's, that's the one. The I remember fella. him. Yeah, that's the guy. And, Jeff Hurst. Yeah, just just a brilliant player, and just just for that one moment, really. Yeah. Uh, but you know, consistently really good for us, and. Also, I've done quite a few dinners. I do a lot of after-dinner speaking, and I've often done them uh, where Jeff's been speaking. And he tells, you know, really good... Obviously, it's all the stuff about was it over the line and the stuff you've heard a hundred times, but yeah. I could hear those sort of stories forever. Old footballers telling stories. I love that stuff. And he's yeah. just a really nice, friendly bloke. And so I remember once doing one uh, a gig for Samsung, and uh, Jeff was doing one bit, and I was doing a bit, and I knew that they'd... They got me there because they, there was a bit of an award show presentation type thing, yeah. but they they got Jeff as well just to hand out some some of the trophies. And then we both did a bit of a speech. And I thought, yeah, I know you've got me here because I know how to do this bit. But you've got Jeff because everyone wants their picture taken with Jeff afterwards, and he was phenomenal, you know. Yeah. And it, the thing was, he didn't mind how long he stayed and do it. You know, he couldn't do enough for. So 
that was brilliant yeah. um and i the organizer said to me your your speech was really good and you it was better than jeff's actually but it, we paid him 10 times as much because you've never scored a hat trick in a world cup final <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you very much at least they're very, honest very about it yeah you're very kind and i yes i thought cracky you've got a lot more than me then yeah. uh, so that's jeff and then the other one uh sir trevor brooking of course um, sir trev because he's always been one of my heroes again very elegant like like bobby moore you know no no nasty side to him no probably not enough aggression really um but just beautifully skillful balanced footballer um and he went to my school so when i went to the glade primary school uh in clay hall and then um did the did the 11 plus but also i won a scholarship to go to bancroft which was the public school where alan davis went yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, bancroft yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I got one there as well i think i didn't go back i went davenant right so i got the scholarship to go to bancroft but i refused to go because when i went to look round, i said what what's going on here and the, on the playing field what's ha what's happening there and they went what do you mean i went those aren't football goalposts they're rugby no. goalposts yeah, yeah. they went yes we play rugger here at bancroft and i said well i can't come here then yeah. because you know when you're 11 football yeah. is your life you think like how can i go to a school where they don't play football and also they had lessons on a saturday morning and i thought well, did, that's yeah, barbaric did, what's yeah. that all about so um fortunately i passed my 11 plus and got a place at ilford county high because my parents yeah. were furious i wouldn't take this and then i went to ilford county high i had a look around there and uh you know, it was quite old-fashioned building, yeah. bit, bit sort of fuddy-duddy-ish. And they kept calling me Nicholas, whereas at my little school they called me Jeremy. And they kept calling me, I thought, I don't really want to be called Nicholas. But there were two clinches. One is that the Blazers were claret. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that's good. And then uh, I was shown around by a man called Mr. Jeremy, who became my form teacher when I joined there. And he said, now, uh, if you join, you'll be in 1P. And that was the class Trevor Brooking was in. And I went, Trevor Brooking went here? And that was it. I thought, well, <laughs> fine. So... On the one hand, posh public school, but they only play rugby. Or nice grammar school that Trevor Brooking went to with claret blazers and they play football. Yeah. And it was brilliant. Yeah, we used to smash, uh, smash uh, Bancroft at, at uh, rugby. I used to love, yeah. used to love going Bancroft. But yeah, no. It was, what, was your, a, what was your school then? It was Davenant. Davenant Foundation School, which, is in, which was in Nowton. Um So you had to go to church um, to get in. And okay. um, yeah, so we used to... So, yeah, because obviously... Bancroft was in Buckersteel, so we were about, you know, Derek Loughton was mm. the next the next one. I'm not, that's where we live. So, yeah, so I went there. And uh, we used to smash Bancroft at rugby all the time. So, yeah, so there we go. But, yeah, it was, you had no, there was no contest, really, between <laughs> Ilford County I or Bancroft. It was, there was none at all, man. There was none at all. Particularly if Sir Trevor went there, it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah. Jez, man, no, it's been lovely. been lovely reminiscing about about uh listening about all the old stories and stuff and um and your your take and your 11 um thank you for your time because i know you're, you're very welcome uh, thank yeah. you very much i appreciate it and obviously thank you to everyone for watching as well um you know what to do you like share subscribe um and uh, until the next time for me and jeremy take care everybody stay safe we'll see you again soon come you irons it's a big game finish on Sunday. So take care, everyone. Bye-bye and much can love. I, See can you. I just, of course can you can. I just do so just one thing? So, right, when you did that, right, I, yeah. I never liked that because when when that was invented, we always used to do that. <laughs> that was the crossed hammers, right? Okay, we can do that. And, it's fun. And, I, and people used to do that. And then suddenly one day David Sullivan did that. But and wasn't it because... Was, but 
Was it Tevez? Where did Tevez do? Did Tevez do it like that or did no. he do it like that? No, that is the proper thing. That's what. Yeah. When that looks like insecurity to me, that's like being proud. Yeah, we're West Ham. Or is it no, like, does it look? What does it look right. like? You know, you're you're being a prisoner. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we'll do that, and then we'll do that, and we'll do that, so everyone's happy. And I've not I'm my not glasses. Doing that. I'm not doing that one. That's, don't you've done it? You're like, too late. You've done it. I've done it for the screenshot. Too, too late. Okay, we'll do that one. Proud of doing like that. Come on, you irons. Come you irons. Controversial ending. Thank you. That's it. All the best. Good luck to everyone. Stay safe, everyone. Bye bye. Podcast Network.